Come on, friend, he's here. Oh, come on. Come on, lift hands, lift voices to it.
Amen and good morning to everyone. I'm used to hearing people say uh, good morning back. Does nobody hear to say good morning? <laughs> Amen. Just want to uh, welcome everyone. Uh, Suzanne, if you put on those lights for me, and we'll uh, got a few announcements before we get started this morning. Again, just want to say thank you and welcome to all those that are watching this morning or throughout later broadcasts. We've got several uh, new announcements that are excited to bring you this morning, so we just want to get into this. Uh, again, uh, we miss everyone. We're praying for everyone. Um, what I want to do is encourage each person this week. Remember who you normally sit by during service, and if, uh, if you can, give them a call this week. See how they're doing. Make sure everybody's there. We want to try and stay in touch with everybody, with the church family, so uh, try and do that this week. Let them know about uh, uh, that we are doing live streaming. If they want to watch the CD, watch the uh, uh, service on Sunday mornings live, you can. Uh, we also, which I'm going to announce in a few minutes about, we've got a other couple of ways you could do that. So uh, again, want to welcome everyone. Uh, please follow us on Facebook uh, for all updates. That's what we update the most on. So find Christian Fellowship Church on Facebook. Uh, I would say go to the page directly each, each day you go to it. Don't just assume that it's going to come in your news feed because it may not. So we try and keep up uh, all the things there, uh, services there. And next, I want to say my wife, Suzanne, has been working real hard to cut, get new ways uh, for people who could uh, see the services. We do have now a new CFC app, if you put that on the screen, Nathaniel, if it's there. We had a, a few issues, technical issues, right before service started uh, this morning. So if you go on Facebook or onto the church's website, you're going to see this link. And you uh, click on that to the app store. It is called Church Source. Uh, it won't be our logo, but you download it. It's, I think it's a purple background with a white cross. And um, you download it, and it's going to link you to the church itself. Sign up, put your email in there, and when we do announcements, it'll automatically email you an announcement. Uh, that way you could give from that app. And they also will have the church videos, that uh, services you could watch. It will not be live on Sunday morning, uh, but you can watch like the previous Sundays and things like that. Another thing is uh, we do uh, started a, a YouTube page. Uh, we had a few people that did not uh, do Facebook and they wanted to be able to watch uh, online. So we created a YouTube page. Uh, little did I know there's 4 million Christian fellowship churches on YouTube. Okay, <laughs> so uh, don't just search Christian Fellowship Church because you're going to have to scroll forever. So we actually entitled the Christian Fellowship Church, comma, Pastor Scott Sheremy, and it'll bring it up a lot quicker for you there. So uh, again, those, we do not stream live on that. On, by, by Sunday afternoon, my wife usually has it uploaded to there. We can only stream one place live at a time, and we, we're going to keep that on Facebook. So I uh, just want to remind everybody on that. So again, uh, if you have any complications, I am not the tech person. Don't ask me about it. You can call and check with my wife. She may, she may be able to straighten you out. She's been trying to straighten me out for years, but it ain't working. So um, another thing, <laughs> I got one amen there, amen. <laughs> uh, also a reminder, after service here today, you get to eat your lunch, then go back at 1, one o'clock. New generations will be putting up their morning service for the kids. So if you have kids, uh, put, uh, they could sit down and watch their morning uh, class. Uh, I was thinking this week, you know, we've been out so long uh, 
that Michelle usually does a class called 345, which is for ages 3, 4, and 5 years old. By the time everybody comes back, it might be club 30, 40, and 50. It's been, we've been going so long. So, <laughs> but well, I wish I had a drum for my drum roll. All right, there we go. So, again, uh, kids, you can go uh, 1 o'clock. It'll be a uh, link. Also, uh, birthdays. We just want to wish anyone having a birthday between now and next Sunday. If you are uh, on Facebook right now, put down uh, near your name, birthday. We want to wish you a birthday. Happy birthday. Let everyone know. Also, if you're having an anniversary between now and next Sunday, write down anniversary by your name. And what do you call that when you do that? Comments or whatever you call it. told you I'm not a tech person. The little doodaddy. So... (laughs) Comment on there, respond, post it so we can tell you happy birthday and happy anniversary. Amen. So what we're going to do is receive the morning tithe and offerings this morning. And again, we have several ways that you could give. Uh, what we're going to do is, uh, if you put that up for me, Nathaniel. Again, it may be a little off. We, ha- we had uh, issues before, uh, be- right before service. Never rely on technology. It's good to have technology, but if your life depends on it, don't, don't do it. So uh, you could give three different ways. You, you could go to welcometocfc.com and give online there, which the church app will also take you to there that you could give on there. Or you can mail it in through the old uh, post office uh, to post office box 1427 La Rose, Louisiana 70373. Uh, again, do not use the physical mailing address, okay? It will not come to us. Uh, several people have tried mailing it to the physical address, and I think it went to China before it got back to them. Uh, it took about a, a month and a half. So uh, <laughs> uh, please send it to the post office box, or you could actually come by the office. Uh, while we're still in quarantine, the office is only open Mondays from 9 to 2. Uh, you could drop drop by uh, on Mondays 9 to 2 and uh, give, give it a, drop it off in the church office. The secretary will be there. All right, so if you would, I would just want to go over our scriptures this uh, morning for uh, our offering. We're good to go with that? Okay. All right, Exodus chapter 25, verse 2 says, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering uh, for me from everyone whose hearts prompts, prompts them to give. And uh, chapter 35, verse 21 says, And everyone who is willing and whose heart uh, moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work of the tent of the meeting, for all its service, and for the sacred garments. And verse uh, 5 says, For what you have, from what you have, take an offering uh, the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, or bronze. So take your offering if you have it at home. In your hand, hold it in your right hand, and just repeat after me. Say, as I give in today's offering, I am willing to give to the Lord, not from guilt or compulsion, but from a willing heart. I give with a heart that is sincerely excited about the opportunity to give freely and abundantly of all I have, a heart that is soft and easily moved toward the work of God. I love you, Lord. I love your people, and I love the church where you have placed me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, those of you at home watching on a computer that have the old three-and-a-half-inch three floppy disk, you can take that envelope and slide it in there. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Amen. I might have a few people try that. Amen. 
uh, if we were, we're going to have our call to worship right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Our call to worship for the month of May is First uh, Chronicles chapter 16, verses 27 through 30. And this is the Good News translation. It says, glory and majesty surround him. Power and joy fill his temple. Praise the Lord, all the people of the earth. Praise his glory and might. Praise the Lord's glorious name. Bring an offering and come into his temple. Bow down before the Holy One when he appears. Tremble before him, all the earth. Father, we just come to you right now. And Father, we turn this entire service over to you uh, this morning. Father, I pray that your spirit would move in this place and uh, in the homes of each and every person watching this morning. Father God, all those in the sound of my voice right now, that your spirit would move and touch people this morning. Father God, as we come here, the hear, come here this morning to hear your word and worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says... Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap at home. Listen, you guys at home, stand to your feet and worship the Lord with us here today. Amen. Darkness tries to pull over my bones. Comes to steal the joy out. Who brokenness and pain is all I know. Oh, I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance. There's power that can break off every chain. 
give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Amen. As we get our lights on here, we just want to let you know if you're getting ready to cook uh, lunch, hurry up, run, put that casserole in the oven, set it on one hour, and we should be through before your buzzer goes off. So uh, we're ready. But if you would, if you get your Bibles, uh, you could open it to Acts chapter 26. We'll spend most of our time from uh, in 26, actually chapter 27, but I'll read a little bit before then uh, in 26. We've got a few verses before, but we'll spend most of our time there today. Uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we get started this morning. Father, I just thank you, Father God, for another day to worship you and give you praise. Father, we thank you for another day of life. We thank you for another day of existence on this earth, Father. And Father, I just pray as we get ready to study your word today, Father God, I just pray, Father God, that your anointing would be here, Father God, and in the homes of each and every one that is uh, hearing your word this morning, Father. Prepare every heart to receive your word this morning, Father God. Open every deaf ear to hear your word. Open every blind eye to see your word this morning, the truths of your word. Touch every mind to comprehend the truths of your word this morning, Father. And if there's any that don't have a personal relationship with you, Father, uh, I pray that this morning would be the morning that they would commit to you today. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says, Amen. 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 Now, I'm going to try and look at the camera a little more this week because uh, I've always, I notice I'm always looking this way. We have our soundboard and our uh, people there. On this side of the church right now, I've got two crickets and one roach. There's not even a church mouse right there. So uh, it's hard to look that way while I'm talking. So, but <laughs> worship people and all on that side. So if we, you notice us looking that way, that's why. Amen. But my message this morning is entitled Journey with Jesus. And uh, if you'd put that up there, I, I, this wasn't the original name I wanted to name it, but it's the name I, sa I was satisfied with. Uh, tell you the truth, how it came about was, uh, I, was look I really wanted it to be called Navigating Through Life with Jesus. And um, we use, a, a, for our background graphics, we, we have a, a website called ShareFate that you could get a graphic sermon uh, that's a sermon title page, and uh, I really like the compass and the navigating part, and on most of them, you're able to edit it on their website to change the names how you want, but this was an older one, and you couldn't edit anything in it, so we're going to stick with Journey with Jesus, but I really wanted it to be called Navigating Through Life with Jesus, and the reason I, I was thinking about that is that the compass gives us direction and things like that, and um, in life uh, as we're traveling and the way this message came about was uh, uh, many years ago about two or three years ago I used to have the Smithsonian Channel uh, I love the Smithsonian Channel but I had to get rid of it because I wasn't paying $20 extra a month just to get that one channel in all those packages and um, but I, I, I used to love to watch a show called uh, Disasters at Sea and uh, it was it's true stories of ships that in the 1900s uh, have crashed and uh, different things uh, sunk and some people survive, some people don't and things. And it gives, you know, with how modern maritime law is, is based a lot on these accidents that had happened. And, you know, I was thinking 
uh, as I was watching them, I still had them recorded. So uh, everybody knows you got to quarantine, so you got a lot of time at night on your hands. You're not going nowhere. So I started watching uh, things I had recorded two years ago. And so this, these disasters at sea, and it reminded me in the book of Acts when Paul took a trip, when he was going to Rome on a ship, how they became shipwrecked, and it, that was a disaster at sea. But as I look at all these things and watching these shows, you know, one thing that always happened is every one of them that left port always thought they were going to make it without any problems. Look, I've, some of those guys had been, one guy had been a captain for 40 years, never had an incident, his ship sank on that, that trip. You know, life, we're not guaranteed through life not to have problems in life. And that's what I kind of want to talk about uh, today is that life, you know, there, there's so many things that, that happen in our life and we need to hold on to our compass. And the, the, the Word of God is our compass that's up on the screen that gives us direction how to navigate our, this journey with Jesus through life. So what I want to talk about this morning is what do we do in, a, in the storms of life? And what I want, to, want you to understand is uh, your faith, listen to me, your faith does not keep you from a storm. Listen carefully. Just because you have more faith does not keep you from a storm. What faith does, it allows you to go through the storm. God never promised us that you will not go through something in life. If you, if, let's begin thinking, who in the world had the most faith ever, you think? I'd say Jesus. How many of you would say he went through things in life? On this world? So, oh, if only Jesus had more faith, he wouldn't have to suffer all the things he did. No. It's his faith that, was able to, that he was able to go to the cross knowing that his father would resurrect him. Thinking about Paul, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God used Paul to write most of the New Testament. And you say, oh, well, if Paul only had more faith, you know, he, he, he wouldn't have went through all these trials he'd done in prison. And that's what we're going to talk about today as he was shipwrecked and, and these things that went on. You know, I think about Paul's life. Paul, Paul had a lot of faith. And there's one scripture that talks about that Paul had a thorn in his flesh, a thorn in his side. It doesn't say what it is. It doesn't say if it was a sickness, a disease, or if it was some type of sin that he had in his life, some type of character issue, flaw he had. And it says that Paul prayed three times for God to remove that thorn from his flesh. And you know what God said? Oh, if you, if you only had a little more faith? No. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Now, this isn't in our notes here, those that are here if you're looking for it. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, God wanted to allow that thorn to be in Paul's flesh to keep Paul humble. You see, what the biggest battle we face in life is not being humble. Uh, original uh, sin was Satan exalting himself. Uh, with man, it was we want to be more like God. It's, it's, we, God needs to keep us humble. And so we understand that faith doesn't prevent you from a storm. It helps you go through the storm. You know, uh, I was thinking too that, you know, some people talk about, well, you know, they're healthy because of their faith. And they live and walk in divine health and divine. And I believe 
help uh, and faith does work in that way. But can I tell you, if you are not Elijah or uh, Enoch, every single person that was born died because of failing health. There's not one single person that died because they, had, they were in perfect health. Right? If you're in perfect health, you won't die. So no matter what, no matter how much faith you have in health, in, in living a healthy life, sooner or later, when you're 93 years old, when you're 120 years old, or if you go to 140 years old, that old ticker is going to give out one day. All right? You don't die in divine health. If I'm in, in perfect health, if I'm in perfect health, then I'm not going to die unless it's an accident or something that happens, which, which uh, things like that. So we understand that faith itself does not keep you from the storms of life. It is faith that gets you through the storms of life. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me, don't worry, not coronavirus, that's a cold. Uh, John uh, 16, 32, I, I see a bunch of you at home right now, grab the can of Lysol and spray your computer screen, but no, don't do that, you don't have to do that. John 16, 32, notice, and uh, 33, notice what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, and no, notice that next word, each, to your own home. He's not saying some of you are about to face a trial, some of you are about to see something. And what he was talking about, that he was, Jesus was about to be arrested, and the disciples all get scared, and they all scatter. But he says, guess what, that, that's, a, that's a trial they're going to be going through in life. That's, that's a storm in life. And, and can, I, can I tell you something, and we'll, we'll look at it a little bit later? Your character is revealed in the storm. It's not developed in the storm. Your true character is, is developed in your day, daily walk with the Lord. It is revealed in the storm. You see, when, when Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times, Peter, oh, no. He didn't think. And so what happened when the storm came? When they said, oh, didn't you know him? Peter's true character came out. God already knew that flaw in Peter. Jesus already knew that flaw in Peter. Peter didn't know it in himself. So he says, when uh, you will be scattered, each one of you, he says, you will leave me all alone. Because of the storm you're going to face, you're going to be so scared. Your reactions won't be right. He says, but I love this part. Jesus says, yet I am not alone. He says, you may leave me. My disciples, the ones who promised that they never would. He says, you may leave me all alone. He says, but yet I am not all alone. For my Father is with me. And I want you to understand that when we're going through storms in life, you need to realize everybody else could desert you, but your father will never desert you. He's always going to be with you and always there. And then Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. He says, in this world you might. No, what is he telling? In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He didn't say if you have... If you have Extra faith, you won't have trouble. He's, no, he's saying you will have trouble. I'm telling you, you, you live in a, we live in a broken world and broken bodies. And in this world, you will have trouble. Can I tell you, storms don't play favorites. It rains on the just and the unjust. Storms in life does not play favorites. Right? Jesus faced the storm. God's only son. Shouldn't he have been favorite? 
Paul faced all kinds of things. Uh, every, everything you read in the Bible, how God's chosen people, all his people he's using, all faced persecution and, and things in life. It wasn't because of their lack of faith. It's because that's how things happen in this world. So we understand storms don't play favorites. You're going to face a storm one day in your life. Uh, I like to say it, uh, that either you're, you're getting ready to enter a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're are you coming out of a storm, right? Uh, we're all in the coronavirus storm right now, going how life uh, just, you know, I was thinking the other day, I need to call that uh, calendar company where we got all the calendars that we gave out at the beginning of the year, see if we could get like a, some kind of 30% discount, because there's three months right now we didn't use. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> it, it's gone, you know, can we get a discount? Uh, I always say, you know, at the beginning of every year when I fill out my calendar for the year, my yearly planner, I always ask myself, I wonder what's going to happen this year, January, January 1st. I wonder what's going to happen this year that isn't in here. Something always happens. I don't think no one January 1st said, yeah, we're going to be quarantined, we're going to be this. Storms in life just appear out of nowhere. Sometimes. So we understand that storms don't play favorites, but I want you to understand that God can save, God can save you from a storm. God can protect you from going through a storm. You know, on some occasions, it doesn't mean that you'll never have a storm in your life. But the thing we need to remember is God will save you and protect you in the midst of the storm, in the middle of the storm. And a lot of times God saves people because of the storm. <coughs> Did you catch that? A lot of times, God saves people because of what they're going through. Their salvation, they, they're in such a mess in their life that they finally call out to God. And if that storm never happened in their life, they never would have called out to God. See, the Bible says God uses all things to the good. And some, some, uh, Listen, uh, I, I said it many times before, the best thing that ever happened to me in my life is when I got laid off offshore. At the moment, I thought it was the worst thing. But if that would have never happened, my life wouldn't be the same. <coughs> what I thought was a devastating thing happening to my life turned out to be the best thing for my life. Again, let, let's keep on going. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3 says this. When we're going through a storm, but the, the Lord is what? Faithful. The Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you and protect you. Now, why would you need to be strengthened and protected if you're not going through something? You see, the scripture lets us know we're going to go through something, but by serving Jesus, the journey with Jesus, living life, navigating through life with the Lord, is he will protect, he will give you strength when the world weakens you down. When you're facing these trials, and you just want to give in and throw in the towel. He's there if you call on him, and he will strengthen you and help you get through it. God is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you when you're weak. He will protect you when you're under attack. And it says, from the evil one. So uh, one of our scriptures today I want you to understand uh, on the screen is going to have that compass. But Psalms 119.105 says this. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So I need to understand God's word is what, how is my compass to go through this life. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word will never pass away. 
You see, we need to realize that every decision we make in life has to be based on the, the principles of God's Word. Um, too many times we make uh, decisions out of emotions and feelings in life. Uh, prime example. My wife can tell when I go grocery shopping if I was hungry when I went shopping or if I wasn't. Just by what I bring back in the house. If I'm hungry when I went to go grocery shopping, there's going to be a lot more sweets, a lot more snacks, a lot more junk. And I'm going to have two baskets full instead of one. But if you go when you're full, you, you don't buy as much of those things. I don't buy as much of them. Now, later that night, I wish I had. But uh, at that moment, I don't. But when we make a decision based on an emotion or a feeling, sometimes we make the wrong decisions. I'll, I'll put it another way. If you've ever... Uh, never go look at a car dealership unless you're ready to sign the papers. Many of people have said, oh, well, we're not looking to buy a car, but just let's just go see what they have. And guess what? You're coming home with a car and a car note that afternoon, and you never left home thinking about that. Because you get caught up in an emotion and, and a feeling like that. So we need to realize that God's Word is a light for our path to navigate us through life, to, for this journey, <laughs> a light on my path. So decisions cannot be based on feelings and emotions, or we will never make the right decisions. Um, again, all these things I was thinking, I try not to watch one of my favorite shows anymore. Uh, it's diners, drive-ins, and dives with Guy Fieri. I don't know how in, one, in a half-hour show I could go from not being hungry when it starts and I'm starving to death about a, about a 20th minute in the show. You're ready to eat something, right? So, again, you don't go that. It's just what you feed and tell you what you hear, what you see. That's why we need to make sure we feed ourselves the Word of God each and every day to, to help those things out. So let's go to Acts chapter 26 where we're going to begin with uh, Paul and this journey. I could have I named those disasters at sea, but the Smithsonian Institute may have uh, sued me for uh, copyright. But realizing that Paul had been preaching the gospel and God had already told him that he was going to preach in Rome. Okay, so he didn't know how he was getting to Rome yet. Again, you didn't, back then you couldn't call up Delta and get a flight, book a flight over there. <laughs> Travel was a lot di different. But Paul knew that God wanted him to get to Rome. At things. So uh, he, uh, in verse 20, uh, chapter 26, verse 30 through 32, we already, I'm going to just read quickly a few things here to kind of set the uh, scene of what's going on. Paul has already been arrested uh, for preaching the gospel. Oh, if he only had more faith. He's out there preaching the gospel, and that's why he's arrested. And uh, notice what it says this. The king rose, and with him the governor... Uh, and Bernice and those sitting uh, with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, speaking of Paul, this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Think of that statement. He's, they're saying this man, Paul, has not done anything wrong worth death or imprisonment. You ever heard that statement about somebody else? Jesus. When he went before Pilate, he said, he hasn't done anything. But guess what? The people didn't want to hear it. So notice what he goes on to say. Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free 
if he had not appealed to Caesar. Now, earlier what had happened is he's standing in a trial and, he, uh, and Paul reveals that he's a Roman, so they don't kill him. He's saying, look, I'm, I'm a Roman. Uh, thing. I, I should get a fair trial out of this. So he appeals for, for Caesar there. And uh, this morning as I was reviewing, I was laughing at these names. It made me, sometimes I read and it laughs. In verse 32, Agrippa said to Festus. How many of you got a couple of friends like that? Hey, I want you to meet my friend. This is Festus. This is Agrippa right here. They had some weird names, right? Not like us Cajuns don't have some uh, weird ones. That's my uncle to you. Uh, that's knock na na. So let's go on from there. So jump to verse, uh, chapter 27, verses 1 through 8. Again, this is when Paul begins sailing to Rome. Now remember, he's a prisoner. He's been arrested. He appealed to Caesar, so they're sending him to Rome. And how many of you know that when God first told Paul, look, I, I'm, I'm going to have you go speak in Rome over there, most people would have said, oh, well, I'm God's man of faith and power for this hour. Surely God's going to, you know, book me on a luxury cruise liner. You know, I'm going to do his work, his will. I've got faith. God's going to put me on this nice cruise liner, one of these carnival ships, and I'm going to sail over there in style. I'm going to have a balcony, you know, this thing, balcony, all this stuff. But how many of you know the ship he was on was actually called the Carnival Coronavirus? It wasn't a good one. It wasn't a good one. Uh, he's, a, he's a prisoner going on these ships. And listen, how many of you ever seen a good-looking pirate? No, none. They're, they're all ugly. They, they, got a patch, they got a patch over one eye, a, a peg leg on the other one. You know why? Because life on a ship back then was rough. It, it's not the, My wife said she's seen a good-looking pirate. <laughs> <laughs> what movie she seen? <laughs> so so let, let, let's get moving on here. <laughs> he says, uh, begin, uh, Paul begins sailing on, he says, when in, at verse 1, verse, chapter 27. When it was decided that they would sail for Italy, where Rome is, Paul and some of the other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius. Uh, who belonged to the imperial regiment, okay? So he was a slave, he, he, he was a prisoner, and they, they gave a, a Roman soldier to watch over him. He says, we boarded a ship at uh, Adirium about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia, and we put to the sea. Now, and, and, uh, Artarchus, who however you want to pronounce out, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, uh, was with us. The next day, uh, we landed at at Sidon, and Julius, in his kindness, allowed Paul to go visit, uh, uh, allowed Paul to go to his friends so they might provide for his needs. Now, this kind of gives us another picture of the ship's condition, right? If you go on a ship today, you think, hey, I'll just be at the buffet, you know, uh, you know a 24-hour all-you-can-eat buffet thing. No, they knew and his guard allowed Paul's friends to come minister and probably bring him food, probably help him up, spray some Lysol all over him so he don't get the coronavirus while he's on that ship and stuff going on there. And verse 4 says, From there we put out to sea again and passed to the Lee, uh, Lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of uh, Sicilia and Pamphylia, 
we landed at uh, Mara and Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship. Now notice this. They sailed on one ship, and then the, uh, the centurion, their guard, found the Alexandrian ship sailing from Italy to put us on board. So it, they just got on one ship and said, we're going to get a little closer to Italy. Hopefully we'll find another ship there that we could all jump on and, and get to Italy. So it says this, uh, verse 7, we made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving at Ascendus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the lee of uh, Crete opposite Samon. Uh, we moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. Now, they're beginning this trip here. In verses 9 through 13, I want to show you some reasons why we face uh, trials in life. Just from this story going on here uh, of what happened. And there may be many more reasons you face trials in life. But I want to pick out a few here. Look at verse 9. It says, much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was uh, after the Day of Atonement. So in other words, the seasons wasn't right. It was getting to wintertime, there's more storms, and sailing, it wasn't safe to sail. Now you got to think, back then they didn't have engines or anything like that. You, you relied just on the sails of the ship. You had to have the right wind going the right way for you to get where you wanted to go. So notice this. We're going to see Paul ends up in a storm for this reason. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be, what, disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. <coughs> but the, verse 11, but the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, let's stop there for a second. Why did Paul end up in that storm? Because of the decision of the centurion, not because of his decision. See, Paul knew it wasn't safe to go ahead. Paul never would have went ahead on his own, although he's, he is uh, a prisoner, and no, but he knows he has to get to Rome, that God wants him to get to Rome uh, to preach the gospel. And we see that Paul ends up in one of the storms in life because of the decision that another person made. Can I tell you something? A lot of times we go through things in life because of the, the decisions, not that we make, that someone else makes, right? Can I tell you when you get into a car with somebody and you're a passenger, your life is in their hands? The decisions they make when they take, go on the road will affect your life? Now, you might have made the decision to get in the car. I understand that. But your life is in their hands. I was thinking about that driving the church today that every car you meet on the highway your life is in their hands if they're deciding well I'm going to be texting on, my, on the highway right now and they could swerve over in your lane our life has a lot of things we go through in life is based on the decisions that other people make and you end up having to suffer the consequences Many people, you know, probably have been in wrecks that wasn't their fault. It was, they went through that storm in life because of what they went, because of a decision another driver made. So Paul finds himself in the storm we're going to be talking about, not because he wanted to go. He did not want to go. He knew it would be dangerous, but the centurion made the decision. 
So number one thing you could uh, uh, jot down on the side is that you, sometimes we go through life and storms on decisions that other people make, not ours. So let's go back to verse 11. The centurion, instead of listening to Paul, what Paul said, followed the, the advice of the pilot of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Now let's stop here for a second. Why does a centurion find himself in the storm? He's warned by Paul that we shouldn't go. But instead of listening to Paul, you see, the centurion knows I'm in charge of these prisoners and my job is to get them from point A to point B. So what does, what does the centurion do? He finds people that are saying what he wants to hear. You got me? He wants to go. He rejects Paul who says don't go. And he surrounds himself with the people that are telling him what his ears want to hear. Sure, we could do it. We're going to make it. There's no problem. You see, but the owners of the ship and all that was all financial thing. They didn't want to lose the cargo if, if they stayed there. You know, staying in port and, and those things, you may stay there six months before the winter was over. And you may lose, if, if there was anything uh, perishable on there, you lost it, and they'd have to eat the cost of that. So sometimes people go through things because they find people that are telling them what they want to hear, even though it's not the right thing. I just want to read, and it's not in your notes here or on the screen. Uh, this reminded me of Psalms 1-1, where it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of, of sin, uh, that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night that person who meditates and listens to God's word is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers you see, this compass to get us through life is what we have to go back with. It's not listen, not finding people to tell us what our itchy ears want to hear. You know, the Bible talks about that, that in the later times, that false teachers will appear and people will prop them up because they're saying what their itchy ears want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth of the Word of God. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear, oh, what I want to do this. Well, that's fine. You can so, so we understand sometimes we listen to the wrong people. We may try to find people who tell us what we want to hear. We, we, we say we're going for advice, but we're really only going to have someone confirm what we already believe and want to do. To give us that pat on the back to do it. <coughs> Next, verse 12. says, the harbor was unsuitable for the winter, uh, to winter in. The majority decided that we should sail on Circle that right there. The majority decided. How many of you know that just because something's popular doesn't mean it's the right choice? Sailing on was the popular choice. But it brought them straight into a storm. And just because the world's doing it and everybody else is doing it does not mean it's right. We have to uh, let God's word guide our lives. So next it goes on to say, verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. And I want you to circle that. They saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor 
and sailed on, uh, sailed along the shore to Crete. So what happened here? They saw their opportunity. What they ended up doing was focusing on immediate circumstances. The weather's good right now. Let's go. They've been warned not to go. They've been, they know it's not the right time of the year, but it's okay right now. It's, that's like going into that car dealership. You know, oh, oh, it's nice. We're going home with a new car, but they don't think long term. Well, you know what? I just committed to six, seven years of five, six hundred dollars that I don't know if I'm going to be working in a couple of months from now. You see that immediate satisfaction looking toward that uh, just instant circumstances can cause you to make a bad decision and go through a storm in life. You know, so far, so good. <laughs> I could hear them. Uh, the majority decided, again, majority decisions. How many of you know a pilot came out and said, I give you Barabbas or I give you Jesus? What did the majority say? Give us Barabbas. The majority is not always right. So they're getting ready to leave. They set sail. So far, so good. What can go wrong? <laughs> Thinking everything's going to be all right. So let's go uh, to verse 14. The storm. This is verse 14 through 22. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force uh, called the Northeaster swept down from the island. I was thinking this morning, uh, that's like old Gilligan's Island. They thought they were going, they thought they were going on a three-hour tour. You know? But then the hurricane forces came, and, and old Gilligan and the captain is in a mess. It says, the ship was caught by the storm and could not heed into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven alone. Um, verse 16 says, And when we passed the lee of a small island in Akuta, where we hardly were able to uh, make the lifeboat secure. Now, a lot of times they'd pull their lifeboats behind. It says the men hoisted it up aboard because they thought they would lose the lifeboat. Uh, then they passed ropes under the ship, uh, under the ship itself to hold it together. I think I'm, you're in a pretty desperate situation when you think the ship's about to fall apart and you're taking ropes to tie the ship together. You know, that, that's kind of a, a major storm and last resorts we're going to here. And then verse 18, uh, we'll go there. Uh, well, wait, I was still reading there. Because they were afraid it would run aground on the sandbars of uh, Sartus, they lowered the sea anchor to let the ship be driven along. Verse 18, we took such a violent beating a battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. Think about this. They were risking their life for the cargo in the beginning by sailing. And what's, what's happening now? The very thing they were going to risk their life for to keep, they ending up having to get rid of. Verse 19, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And I want you to focus on verse 20 right there. In the darkest times, if you're not careful, in the middle of the storm, 
you end up giving up hope. So we, we've done everything we can, but it's hopeless. See, their trust was not in God. Their trust was in their own abilities, what they were going through. And again, true character. Okay? But seamen back then, the sailors were tough guys. But true character gets revealed in the storm. See, they had no connection with God. They had no hope. They were a bunch of unbelievers. Uh, again, if you, if you preach to God, that's why Paul was in the ship, because he was preaching the gospel. And they gave up all hope of being saved. Again, your character is revealed in the storm, not made in the storm. Your character is made in your daily walk. You see, uh, I was in the Navy in 1984, somewhere around there, 84, 85, I got in. And you go through something when you get in the military called basic training. Do you know why they, get, they make you go through basic training? Because they need to develop in you how to be a sailor, a soldier, uh, a Marine, before you get in the battle, before you get on the ship and something goes wrong. They need you to be aware, alert, and know how and what to do before you get in the crisis. Because if you're in the crisis and not prepared, you won't survive the crisis. If you're prepared for the crisis and know what's coming up, then you have a chance of making it through. Verse 21, it says, after they had gone a long time without food. Now, I wonder why it says that right around Paul. Paul stood up before them. After they went a long time, is it something with Christians and food? You know, Paul didn't care they'd thrown all this cargo overboard, but all of a sudden they said, man, we didn't eat in a while. <laughs> you know, we, it's, it's going to, he says, uh, after they went a long time without food, Paul stood up and said to them. Now, Paul was brave to get up and basically tell these rough characters, I told you so. You know, I think the only reason he did this was because he already seen them throw all the tackle overboard and he knew they wouldn't be able to throw stuff at him because there was nothing left to throw at him. But he basically gets up and says, I told you so. says, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But not, not, notice this. Notice Paul's character. Compared to theirs. Their character was, we gave up all hope of being saved. But Paul says, but I urge you now to what? Keep up your courage. Because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. See, and their character, what rose up was, we're, we, we give up, we dying. Paul said, no, keep courage. We're going to make it through this. So the next few verses... <coughs> I want to just bring to you quickly four anchors that we see. I just entitled it Four Anchors That Will Hold You in a Storm as we're going through things. Notice what it says, verse 23, Acts 27, verse 23. Is, is last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And the very first anchor in the storm is the presence of God. That God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is there with you in the storm. He never said you will not go through a storm. He says you will, he will be there with you in the storm and help you through the storm. He will strengthen you and protect you. 
Do you think when God's plan was to send Paul to Rome, God didn't know Paul would go through this? Sure he did. And he allowed him to go through that storm. Because many things happen through this. So we understand that the very first thing is I need to have the presence of God in my life. I need to get into his word each day, seek his face each day, and have his presence in my life. Second thing is found in the next verse. Acts 27, verse 24. And said, do, the angel appeared to him and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. Now notice these things. Circle this in your Bible. You must stand trial before Caesar. God's reminding him of what he had told them before. God had, in earlier chapters in Acts, God told him he'd stand trial in Rome before Caesar. God said, You must stand trial before Caesar. And notice this, this other part. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Think about that statement. God did not only just save Paul, but it says he graciously saved every other unbeliever on that ship. And if, if you look in your, in your Bible, that way down to verse uh, 37, it tells you that 237 people were on that ship. And God graciously saved all of them, not just Paul. So this is what I want you to understand. That God knows where you're at. God knows exactly what you're going through right now. And I want you to understand, if you woke up this morning, that means God is not through with you yet, and he still has a purpose for your life. And this is what we need to understand, that the, the second thing is that the purpose of God, the anchor that will hold you is knowing God has a purpose for you. God went back and reminded Paul of what he had told him several uh, weeks or months before, that he would stand before uh, Caesar. The third thing is the promise of God. The promise of God. We've got the presence of God will hold you, the purpose of God. The third thing is the promise of God. That's found in verse 25. So it tells him, the angel tells him, so keep, uh, he tells him, so keep your courage, men. Now, I love this. Paul says, I have, what? Faith in, in God, and it will happen just as he told me. I want you to circle, I have faith in God, and circle, it will happen. I love this. You see, he has faith. It's not because he didn't have faith that he's in the storm. It's the faith that is carrying him through the storm. It is his faith that's able to tell everybody else that's given up, the other 275 people that are given up and saying we're going to die, that he could stand up and say, no, take courage. God's going to save us. God's going to help us through this. You know, and this is what I want you to understand. He says, I have faith in God that it will happen. Just as he told me. So I need to understand that I need to believe God. Belief is what we do in the natural. Belief is believing God can. Okay? A lot of times we, we, you ask that question, you, you think God can? Yes, I know he can. I know God can do all things. That's what we believe. But when it connects to the supernatural faith of God, as Paul says, I, I believe he can, but he says, I know he will. See, that's the difference. Faith, believing is knowing God can. Faith is knowing God will. And that's what Paul tells him. I have faith. 
that, God, that it will happen just as God told me. And number four is our prayers. Again, when we're, we're able to open back up uh, regular and on Wednesday nights, I've decided that the rest of this year we are having a prayer revival on Wednesday nights for adult classes. Still got to have our other classes. But prayer is key. And, you know, I think God had been preparing us in, in advance uh, beginning of this year, how we were doing every night in prayer. I think that prayer is helping us get through what we're going through right now, through this storm in life. Amen. And that's why I said, I don't know. It's unreal how much peace I have gone through this. I've never hit a day of panic or worry or anything. And just, I know God will get us through this. We don't understand why this is happening, why God allowed this to happen. But God wasn't surprised. He knows everything that's going on. God knows where you're at, what you're going through. So, but notice what he goes on to say here. Verse 27. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight. How many know midnight kind of represents the darkest hours? Is when the, when the sun's the furthest gone, then it's going to start rising again. The darkest hours. In the darkest hours, we're still being driven across. <coughs> and he says, the sailors uh, sensed they were approaching land. Now, this is, at, this is 14 days of being battered, uh, going without food, all these things. The buffet had been closed. The swimming pools were all closed on the ship. None of that was open. They were on lockdown, just like we are right now. <laughs> So we understand, it says, verse 28, they took soundings uh, and found that the water was 120 feet. A short time later, they took soundings again and found out that the water was 90 feet. So they were realizing, putting a weight on the end of a rope and dropping it down and realizing that we're getting in shallower and shallower water as we go. So land must be coming. He says, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors. Now, from the stern, and notice what it says next, and they did what? What's that next word? Prayed. They prayed. I want to tell you that in the middle of a storm, a boat full of non-believers began to pray to Paul's God. That Paul, who was in, on, in prison as a prisoner on the ship, sailing to stand trial uh, in Rome uh, before Caesar, <laughs> had those men watching him, seeing him going through this trial in life, and they said, you know what, we're going to begin to pray too. And they all begin praying. It says, uh, for daylight, in a, now notice this, it says, in an attempt to escape the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down in the sea. Now, I want you to circle that word lifeboat. And we're going to come back to this in a second. Wrap this all together. The sailors let down the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from below. So we had a, a little click of them that was saying, I don't care about everybody else. Let's sneak over here and let down the lifeboat. We're going to get in the lifeboat and we're going to escape. I don't care about them. We're looking out for ourselves. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes, circle that, cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. So Paul had already told them what God had said. 
that no one's going to die, no one's going to go, that we trust, stay with him. We're going to lose the ship. We're going to lose these things, but no life is going to happen. No one's going to lose their life. But when the storm was still intense, what happened? A few of them forgot about what Paul said, and they began to look for another way. And that's represented by that lifeboat. They were looking for, they weren't sure if God was going to save them. Because if they were positive it was going to happen the way Paul said, they wouldn't have wanted to get in the lifeboat. Then they get caught and Paul makes this statement, unless you follow him, his word, you're going to perish. But if you stay with him, stay on the ship with me, with Paul, you'll live. And I love the way it says that they cut the ropes. And sometimes in our life, we have to cut the ropes of the things that used to sustain us, the life we used to have, the lifeboat, that we have to let that go. And all those things that we relied on in the past, we have to let complete go of it and trust only in God that he's going to do what he says. So back to Acts 27, 25, we can go back there, is Paul saying, so keep courage, men. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And if we're obedient to God's word, let his word direct our path. We can have great courage and strength that God knows wherever we're at in life. He knows where each and every one of you are that are watching online. He knows what you're going through, your unique uh, situation you're at in life. But he's asking you to throw cut lines to everything else and trust in him only. If you've never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity here today where you're saying, you know what, my whole life has it's, it's gotten me nowhere. I'm cutting ties to that right now. And God, I just want to depend on you. God, I need your help. You see, God, God saved everyone on that ship that day. It wasn't only Paul that was serving God. God's always looking to reach out and save those that are lost. The Bible says that it is God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So say this simple prayer with me right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life, but I believe you love me so much that you sent your Son to save me by dying on the cross and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe he is resurrected today, seated at your right-hand side. I invite him into my life today to be Lord and Savior of my life, cutting ties with all my past and realizing I need to focus on him and stay true to him and to your son and you in our life. Father, no matter what storms come our way, we believe like Paul, that we have faith that you will deliver us just as your word says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. When we're, when we're able to meet again, well, I just want to encourage you to come on out. Uh, we'd love to meet you face to face. Those of you that are watching online, come worship with us. We love you. Have a blessed afternoon.